FM. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alan Moore and this is Capital Sports. And do you know what? We will be talking defenders of the football and integrity of sports kind shortly because in just a moment we're going to go uh, to Andrew Flint out in Chimen if he picks up the phone because he is not answering the phone to us right now. I spoke to him earlier on. He is there. He's alive and well. He's not frozen, but he's just not answering the phone. We are going to be, uh, let's just say, we are going to be continuing to be Mainland Europe's number one listen to English radio language sports show because we have a terrific one for you guys tonight. Uh, okay, um, you know, we are, I am prepped, I am pumped, and I'm even plumped. A three-day weekend will do that to you to bring you an hour of absolute sports power. And as I said, Andrew Flint, he's going to be bringing us the Russian Cup and also uh, the UEFA Champions League. And in addition to that, of course, there will be the Europa League because, of course, we have um, a bit of Russian interest in that also. So we're going to go on to him in just one moment if we can get him. Yeah, we have him on the line, so we're going to get him on just one moment. In the second part, of course, brought to us by Match Business Consulting, we have a superstar guest. We have a sports hero. We have someone who basically gave up a lot in order to make a point and to uh, make sports a better place for all of us to be involved with. That is Cara Goucher, the world athletics superstar. And in part three, we're going to quickly talk about our greatest of all time sports coaches before before wandering into the Big Fat 50 quiz. I think Cara might stay on with us for that one. Uh, God help her if she does. Okay, very quickly to Andrew Flint. Andrew, um, we had a, a weekend full of Russian uh, football action. The Russian Cup was back. All of our tips were correct except for Zenith. Uh, Zenith lost, of course, at home, but all our other tips uh, came home. So, should we be looking like, I mean, you, you did say that um, Spartak would maybe not be, they would not get the better of uh, Dinamo, they didn't, they lost 2-0. Zenith lost at home 2-1 to Arsenal Tula. Loco, of course, won 3-0 against Tambov, as we predicted. And, of course, this guy beat Skahabrovsk 2-0. Um, unfortunately, Himki, the Moscow Oblast club, they went down 4-0 yesterday to Krylia Um what, what do you think? I mean, was, was that a very bad showing by Spartak? Well, they looked a bit flat, to be honest. Uh, I was a bit disappointed because they do have uh, Alexander Sobolev back from fitness, uh, from his fitness problems. Um, he came off the bench, I think it was. But yeah, they they just didn't look didn't look themselves really. Um, Dinamo getting revenge for well this time last year uh, when Sparta took them apart at the same stadium. Freezing cold conditions obviously don't really help matters, but um, I think that's quite a big blow really because it puts even more pressure on Dominika Tedesco, and he was his his usual animated self on the sidelines. Um, it doesn't take well to anything other than um, success. So. Yeah, that was a bit of a blow for Sparta, that one. And, of course, they, they lost uh, Moses with the uh, this, a second yellow, which, of course, turns into a red. Um, overall, though, looking at Spartak, like I, I only, now, in fairness, I'd only seen the highlights of it, but I was still kind of unimpressed by, by the attitude of the players because they, they seemed to just kind of, I can't say give up, but, I mean, they didn't seem to have that bit of fight that you'd expect in a team that really, right. you know, have have a better squad than Dinamo. Well, they do. They, they brought in Jorrit Hendricks to bolster the midfield, Spartak. And he, 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 the Dutchman, it's his first game in the country. He's never played under these sort of conditions probably before. But, um, 
I mean, they they just looked a little, yeah, flat is the right word for it, really. Um, and the thing that I've been impressed with, with with Tedesco, yes, the results have not always been quite as consistent as they should have been, but they they look really up for it. Um, Zobnin's been a revitalised character under him, and he just didn't quite get to grips with the game. Um, I would say, though, that it did take a penalty and a highly disputed one and a moment of absolute genius from the Dynamo youngster Chukavin, um, Constantin Chukavin up front. Just a beautiful backheel volley. So, you know, the two moments were, well, they weren't a failing of the whole system, but Sparta didn't put up enough of a fight. You're absolutely right. Okay, now 11,000 in at that game, uh, only 3,000 at the Loco Tambov game. Loco scoring once in the first half and twice in the second one with the penalty. Krychowiak um, recently, I think he was recently a birthday boy, and uh, he, he made it 3-0. But I mean, Tambov, in fairness, I mean, they, they're struggling even to show up for matches, aren't they? Well, absolutely. I mean, it, last week was a bit of a joke, almost. I mean, it's, it's not a joke because we're talking about a lot of livelihoods at stake here, but Tambov did file an official letter of withdrawal from the Russian Premier League on Wednesday, I think it was, um, even despite the, the league uh, clubbing together, basically to bail them out, um, which I personally think is a huge mistake. It sets an awful precedent for just propping up clubs towards the end of the season. Um, but on Friday, they confirmed they would be able to complete fixtures. They're just uh, a lone squad at the moment. They've only got, I think, five or six players from the first half of the season left there. Um, so they're just limping along to the end of the season. There's, there's no attempt, really. Um, for them to stay up and I get the sense that they don't want to stay up because of the financial burden so that was a gimme really um, for Lokomotiv but they got the job done can't argue with that so comfortable through to the next round yeah, that is true. Of course, that their uh, new Brazilian signing getting uh, getting getting off to a great start with a goal. Uh, it is is it is a pity with Tambov because the the city, of course, of Tambov, the region of Tambov, is not interested whatsoever in trying to support them for many reasons. Um, and especially their stadium, which is in a lovely central location, but they can do nothing with it because of uh, a lot of issues surrounding the infrastructure or surrounding the infrastructure around the stadium itself. So it is it is a, a, an awful difficult mm. time. Ska, of course, um, winning quite. well well in Moscow, 2-0, goal in each half, uh, in front of a small enough crowd, just over, or just under 4,500 against Ska Haberosk. But again, I mean, you know, Ska down to, to 10 men, um, like kind of like it was just the start of the second half. So, uh, I mean, I mean, it was kind of an easy, it was, again, it was a gimme as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, it, it isn't an insult to the second tier clubs. They're playing against clubs um, you know, who have Champions League experience over the last few years. And once you get down to 10 men and you've got a very, very strong side from Tierska as well, um, they were able to bring uh, Salomon Rondon off the bench for his debut, who I actually think could be a very, very good signing in the in the running. I mean, we've only got 11 games left in the league, but a lot can still change. Um, there's only four points, I think, uh, between Tierska and Zenit at the top. Um, so yeah, it was. It would have been embarrassing if Tisca had not comfortably got past them, but they did the job. And again, it was just a case of getting the job done and easing in towards the league, which is more important. 
Um, I mean, of course, Siska have recently, uh, it was, well, it was what, a week and a bit, just over a week ago now, uh, they signed the young lads from Stabek, uh, Emil Bochainen. Uh, of course, he's the mm. son of Lars, the former Norwegian international. I mean, that's a great signing for Siska because he was been hunted yeah. by Sheffield United as well as a number of teams in Leeds as well. They were all looking for him because he's an English-born lad. Um, but, you know, he, he's played all the way up through all the, you know, the Norwegian underage ranks. He's still only 21 mm-hmm. years of age, but I've seen him play. I've seen him play in a couple of friendly matches. He is very, very good. A very, very tasty player. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's another testament to to Scar's scouting, which I have to say has been right up there with the best in Russia in the last two years. They are picking up consistently, picking up these young players with either salon value or genuine value to the team itself. Um, Adolfo Gaich is the, probably the one black stain on that record but whatever happens they with, with Bohinen whether he settles in Russia or not he will be worth a lot to to, to Salon even if it's just for a profit um, and like you say he's 21 years old so the time's on his side Siska now have a lot of midfield options so there's no, not so much pressure on him either he doesn't have to come in and he's not expected to suddenly dominate the game um, but if he does, all the better. Um, seeing as Zagorov will certainly be injured again within two games, because that's the rule. Um, he can't stay fit for long. So, Bahinen, great signing. Um, can't wait to see how well he does. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one because, again, it is something that, you know, it just freshens up the whole squad. Uh, OK, listen, we have, of course, the Russian Premier League is back. As you mentioned, it is coming down to, uh, as uh, Alex Ferguson said, squeaky bum time. Um, however, it isn't really. Bums aren't squeaking up in Petersburg. It might be cold, but they are four points ahead, but I do not see them being caught at this stage. I think it's, it is, like, Siska will chase them hard. Spartak will, you know, continue to fall down the table, but um, I don't see them winning. I don't see anyone but um, uh, Zenit winning. However, however, of course, they're playing Rostov on Saturday, 4.30. But the big one restarts on Saturday. That's the most important one for us. Lokomotiv hosting Siska, 7 o'clock mm-hmm. at the Erge Day. That's a huge one to restart with because Loco, they are in desperate need of points. They, they, they need a result because they're sitting eight in the table right now. They are, I mean, they're not going to qualify for Europe except if they win the Russian Cup. But this is a huge inflame, isn't it? It, it really is. It's the, well, I mean, like you say, realistically, they're not. They don't have much chance of getting into Europe, and and even if they do, it's this newfangled Europa Conference League that they'd have any hope of getting into. Mathematically, they are only five points off fourth place, which is the the you know the lowest European place. The season. This is their absolute last chance. It really, really is. Um, and I think actually they, I think they will get a point here because they, like like you mentioned, Pablo the Brazilian scored on his debut. He looks to be pretty happy settling in. Um, so you know, and uh, Francois Camano, who's not been very excited, he's not really settled in as well, but he scored as well. So um, at the weekend, this this is their last chance. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure how much financial benefit there is to be in the Europa Conference League. Champions League, obviously, is a completely different kettle of fish. That really is worth it. But um, you know, this new third-tier UEFA competition, I'm not sure it will really be worth um, going for. The cup, really, is is what they should aim for, I think. Yeah, I think they, they have to win the cup. I mean, there's no two ways about it. 
Um, okay, Spartak, of course, are home on Sunday, 2 o'clock against Rubin Kazan. And two and a half hours after that, Ahmad are hosting Dima Moscow. Uh, okay, Spartak Rubin. Um, Spartak have been in last chance to win for a long time. They're, they, you know, they, they're not going to catch up. I, th- I have an awful feeling that the players' heads are down. Uh, they know the coaches leave and no one knows who's going to replace them. There's talk that it could be Cherchesov. There's talk that Slutsky could be there. What chance is that uh, Leonid Slutsky could actually be in the other dugout come the start of next season? I would be, I'd be surprised, um, if I'm honest. I mean, a, a little bit because... I think it's a slow burner with Rubin, to say the least. But a couple of decent results, and they're right up into fifth, sixth, challenging, not realistically going to make it, but challenging for Europe. Um, and I think I think he does seem to have the loyalty of the players there. Plus, of course, there's Dede having been for so long and so successfully TSCA manager. Would it be a, a bit awkward to take over at Spartak? Possibly not, but um, I'd... I, I'm still a little bit surprised about the, the the amount of noise being made about Tedesco leaving because he is great value for the Russian Premier League. He's proven as a coach he is effective. He just needs more time and he needs he needs to commit more time if he if he's to make anything of it. But like you say, it does look likely he won't be there. Um, who knows? Maybe even um, Yuri Panic might Yeah, I don't think he's going to cross the city. Uh, no, no. Okay. I don't, I don't um, okay, so what would you reckon? I mean, Spartak should be winning that one because, I mean, they, they are... I mean, Rubin are, are in the lower half of the table right now, but um, they haven't strengthened you know, enough to actually challenge Spartak, have they? No, I, I, I wouldn't think so, no. Um I mean, it uh, depends. Creature Kvaratelio went off in their last pre-season friendly with, a, I think it looked like a bit of a hamstring or thigh strain. Possibly it was only precautionary, but once you take him out of the equation and possibly, as importantly, Georgia Despotovic, they do become a much blunter side going forwards. Well organised, but not overly threatening. So I think Sparta, oh my God, Tedesco will have put the fear of God into Sparta's players after the derby defeat in the cup. So um, they will be pumped up for this one. But if oh. they're not, they really should have a long look at themselves. Okay, Dino, of course, down below in uh, Grozny. Uh, Dino going quite well, um, only five points behind Sparta. Sparta, of course, in third. Dino in six, Akmar down in ten. So, I mean, you'd be looking to get at least a point out of that, wouldn't you? Very, very quickly, Andrew. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a tough one. I think a point would be okay, and I think that's probably what will happen. Okay, that is that is fair enough. Okay, a point for that one. Right, very, very quickly, uh, we have some messages coming in. I'm going to ask them in a hurry um, before we go into the Champions League, because this is European football right now. So, uh, Milan or Inter, who is going to uh, take over the top of Serie A from Juve? That question, um, I don't know who it is, is asking a the question, they haven't put their name, but it's uh, 9529. So, uh, AC or Inter? Uh, I, I, my heart wants to say AC just because of the last hand, but um, I think I think Inter. I just think they got an, a bit more experience overall. Um, it'll be close. Okay. Uh, another quick question. This is an interesting one, actually. Uh, McCann's asks, uh, why did American football never become an Olympic sport? What's your quick take? (laughs) 
Well, um, it, uh, Americans like to think they're a global sport, and, and I love it, but it's not. I don't has. I don't think it has as enough uh, global appeal as it probably ought to 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 become. Although we have seen some crazy sports added to the Olympics, so fair question. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, probably the lack of global appeal. Okay, uh, another quick one for you. Um, I just said uh, Murat asked. Uh, okay, next players successor to Ronaldo Messi would be Mbappe, Hala, um, Mbappe, Foden, Golovin, Fati, Sancho, or who do you reckon will be taking over the Ronaldo or, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo or uh, Lionel Messi crown? Who do you reckon? Give us two names. Oh, um, it, it, it's not going to be original, but I do think they are. They stand out. Mile um, Mbappe and Haaland, they're, they're the two driven players. They're at top clubs, possibly even could get moved to even bigger clubs. And they're already just banging in the goals for fun. And they grab the headlines. So Haaland and Mbappe will be the battle for the next decade, I think. All right, just a nasty one here. Uh, I shouldn't ask you this, but I will. Uh, it's from um, Kaka <laughs> sent in said, uh, what's happened to Liverpool and should Klopp leave the team? Uh, he shouldn't, no. Um, Partly because I, I am enjoying how much they are struggling with the mental aspect of it. But uh, no, in all seriousness, Klopp, um, we've mentioned before about his family bereavement recently. Um, but they need time. He's, he doesn't suddenly overnight become a bad coach. Um, what's happening to them, they need to regroup. Honestly, they should write this season off, um, just start building their mentality, get a bit of team spirit together and uh, make one or two signings up front, possibly move on Salah, I would say. Um, and then they could be fine. Yeah, I agree with Salah. I think just get rid of him. Um, okay, very quickly, uh, UEFA's Champions League. Uh, Chelsea are playing Atletico Madrid tonight, um, out in Bucharest of all places. Um, I mean, that's 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 a that's a tough out one for Chelsea, isn't it? Yeah, I have to be honest. It is. Um, I don't expect there to be a huge amount of goals, um, but we well, Atletico Madrid. Look at how they're doing in the league. They can see hardly any. Um, I'd be amazed if Chelsea get anything out of this. I could see a, a, a low-scoring win for Atletico, 1-0, possibly 2-0. OK, that is fair enough. And then, of course, tomorrow night. So that's on tonight, 11 o'clock, Moscow time. Tomorrow night, Borussia Mönchengladbach could be munching down on Man City because uh, that's going to be a very, very difficult. That's a, tomorrow at 11, out in the Pushkas Arena in Budapest. Um, Man City should win that, but... Borussia are actually doing a, uh, are having a, a decent run of at the moment, aren't they? Well, yeah, exactly. And um, we we know that when when it comes to the crunch in Europe, Manchester City often uh, crumble with the, <laughs> their, their mental attitude. Um, however, they are looking more and more dominant um, domestically, so much so that I'd have to put them as favourites. But it's certainly not a, a done deal. Like you say, Munch and Gladbach have plenty of unheralded stars on the continental stage but my word they're performing domestically so I think it'll be a tough one um, a draw would not be a bad result for City OK that is fair enough and of course that game is taking place out at the Pushkas Arena uh, which is in one of the nicer parts well I think it's one of the nicer parts of Budapest uh, spent lots of nice times there, especially with my little fella walking around and enjoying it uh, OK very very quickly um, there's more games of course on this week in the Europa League one of course will be the Man City Real Sociedad that's on Thursday 11 o'clock kickoff. United are home and hosed in that one, um, but you know they they need to keep the concentration, don't they? Yeah, I mean uh, it was such a dominant first leg performance. I don't think there's too much pressure on, um, and and even the fact that uh, Dan James scored recently at the weekend is an example of a player who was low in confidence. Is that that will do him a world of good? Perhaps we'll see a few fringe players come in. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, it, it, we can't take it for granted. Um, I do strongly think that um, 
they need to take it seriously, but I don't think there'll be too much trouble there for United. Okay, quick question um, from um, from Ilya Sokov. He says, uh, Ural are going down. I think, it's a, I think it's a statement rather than a question. Very, very quickly before we get to the break right now, Andrew, because <laughs> Dinamo Zagreb uh, beat Krasnodar 3-2, uh, so they're going home with that, uh, you know, the, the away goals. But Krasnodar aren't out of this game yet, though, are they? This is on Thursday at 11 o'clock. I mean, some very, very tall order. Um, like I say, those away goals are probably going to be the killer there. But um, you, you never know. Um, we have seen some impressive away performances from Krasnodar in the last two or three years. The one away in, uh, to Benfica a couple of years ago stands out. Um, I'd be surprised if they can hit the form running so early um, to, to pull that one back. But if they did, it would be one of Masai's best, best results, I would say. Okay, that is great. Okay, Andrew will be back, of course, with us for the well, the, the, the discussion and quiz in part three. We're going to get to the break right now with Outcast and Hey Ya. Back after this with Isla Cody and Cara Goucher. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. One, two, three, uh.
Welcome back, folks, to Capital Sports. I'm also at Capital FM. I am Alan Moore. And, of course, we've had lots of messages in so far this evening and earlier on today as well. They're waiting for me when I arrived in. Plus 7925-1111053. Capital Sports is delighted to bring you this segment. Thanks to our partnership with Match Business Consulting, the one-stop shop for all your sports events and management needs. Okay, folks, uh, huge news breaking out of the UK today. Well, I guess out of somewhere in the Middle East. Um, and here to tell us just very briefly before we move on to our other main guest of this evening, of course, is our co-host, Isolt Cody. Isolt, you have 90 seconds to cover what usually is covered in 90 minutes on the field. What has happened today that has made your eyes open very wide, apart from the dogs digging up the flower beds? Well, that is always a joy. Um, So today, MTK Global, who are best known for their connections to questionable uh, businessmen and boxing, have now decided that they're going to place their feet fully onto the football arena, starting with um, a football agency, which is going to be headed by the much respected, I'm quoting them, not me, Danny Vincent. Now, I've spent the evening trawling through LinkedIn and Google, and I'm still waiting to discover who the much respected Danny Vincent is respected by, not questioning his character. But in, in essence, this is their move again to a new air of respectability as MTK like to see it. But I would like to say that this is something I'm very happy to see because firstly, MTK are in a market where they will not be the dominant player. And secondly, this year, sometime between March and June, we hope to see FIFA vote on and then implement from September updated regulations in relation to agencies and intermediate agents and intermediaries, which will require caps on commissions, which obviously means that their financial incentive will be somewhat scuppered. But more importantly, there will now be mandatory licensing and disclosure requirements, while money will need to go through the FIFA clearinghouse, which basically is an effort to make agents more transparent. But for MTK, I imagine that a company who don't want to publish accounts or give details of where their financial pots of money appear from, if anyone watched Panorama recently, they will certainly not welcome such a level of scrutiny and I think this may actually be a very risky move by them into an area where unlike boxing there is a lot of regulation and licensing which will be coming into play to make sure that they are basically in a position where they will be scrutinised so okay. we we'll wait and see Okay, we'll wait and see. Okay, listen, uh, Eastel, thank you very much. Eastel's going to stay with us, of course, because she'll be one of the main uh, victims or performers in our massive Big Fat Filthy Quiz that's coming up quite soon. Okay, now, folks, we're going to go uh, from Dublin. We're going to continue further west and out to Colorado. Yes, up in the Rocky Mountains where... I was going to say Rocky Mountain High, but that's kind of a completely different thing. That's shown my John Denver roots. Um, now, this is, this is, this is a, a young woman who was a standout uh, from her teenage years, uh, running in high school in the University of Colorado at Boulder. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, this, this is someone who, who did 
everything at the top of her sport. Uh, silver medalist, of course, in the World Championships back in 2007. And, of course, she is a quite a nifty marathon runner as well, a third place at the Boston and New York Marathons. And, of course, she was there in in 2013 when that terrible event happened, uh, the terrorist act at the end of the Boston Marathon, uh, as I said, in 2013. Now, two years before that, um, and this relates back to something you still mentioned about Panorama. Panorama did a great documentary. Panorama, of course, the, the BBC uh, TV show that kind of like digs into things and covers things from sport to business to schools and politics. They're very, you know, uh, very, very uh, in-depth um, interviews and in-depth um, investigations. And I mean, very, you know, very, very well respected in the world of journalism. She appeared on it and opened a lot of eyes and uh, I think a lot of people then opened their hearts to her because she's someone who chose health, well-being, family and being a good person over, you know, going in maybe a different direction. Uh, Cara Gauch, you're very welcome on the show this evening. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Okay. Now, I, I opened up with that in a big, 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 long monologue to welcome you in. Um, you know, I kind of, I, I, it was all, I wanted to go WWE on it, but I said, no, I'll do it very, very nicely. I'll do it kind of like build it up to you. Um, first question, why did you walk away from it? Because, I mean, you are part of the Nike Origin project, which we know the superstars they produced um, on the track from Mo Farah, Galen Rupp, name just two that I think a lot of listeners would know about that we discussed before here why did you walk away from it all you know I just it I just couldn't stand what I was seeing anymore I just felt like it I couldn't be a part of it and make excuses anymore and I just needed to have a real life where I could sleep and hold my head high and um yeah in the end it was really about just my what I believe in right and it just it didn't align with that group anymore and so I had to just leave it I mean okay we won't go into like we I'll, I'll just say that um, that on panorama because we won't discuss here tonight we do we've more important things to discuss uh, you you were very very open along with Steve Magnus of course who was a, a coach out there as well about what you'd seen going on with illegal substances being used and kind of runners being used as guinea pigs so you kind of were like I don't want to be part of this because I have a, a better legacy and you've uh, your husband, who is Adam, who's like a wonderful spokesperson for sport and for people, and your little boy, of course, Colton. Um, you know, was it hard to walk away from it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize this was like family to me. I spent seven years with that team. I grew up with that team. Um, I was incredibly close with my coach. He was like a father figure to me. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, really difficult. And it, it was sort of in stages, like the first stage was to leave the team, which I should have done earlier, but it took, you know, it took a certain breaking point before I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Um, and then, of course, was like the next phase, which was going to the authorities with what I knew and which was also difficult. It took me, it took me a year, a year and a half after I left that program before I finally went to the authorities. And finally, I felt like I was enabling their behavior by not reporting it. And then the third um, part was, you know, going public with a panorama program in 2015 and knowing that it was really going to change the trajectory of my life and my career and my ability to be a part of the sport. So it was like three big decisions um, that were really, really difficult, that there was lots of tears over, lots of um, lost friendships over. But in the end, you know, no regrets on, on any of it. <laughs> 
You're saying about lost friendships. Now, I interviewed, I was interviewed by Paul Kimmage, who you know, the, the Irish journalist. And when he came out uh, with his book, Rough Ride, a long time ago, uh, I mean, 30 odd years now, when he came out with it, um, he was ostracized from the cycling community. And it was, his words were twisted um, against him. And he, he lost a lot. people who he rode with, who he, you know, slept on floors of youth hostels with, who he, you know, climbed mountains in, in the Alps with, uh, suddenly just, you know, like snubbed him and insulted him and called him a loser. Did you get any of that as well, where people said, ah, well, you know, she was never like a, a superstar. She was always kind of second best to this one, this one. It's just sour grapes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the most common things said about me are that, like, I wasn't good enough anymore. I was jealous. I wasn't pretty anymore. A lot of people said I wasn't pretty anymore. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with <laughs> I'm telling what you saw. Um, but, yeah, I got a ton of that. And I got it not only from fans, but from friends, from meet directors. Um, I mean, I got it from all over, and I still get it, right? Like, it's still every time there's an article or something comes up, you know, we're heading into the cast hearing, like, I'm sure it'll come up again. And I, I always get that, you know. I have a vendetta. I'm jealous. I was jealous of their success. Whatever it is, you know, like, I could write the script for you. I know what they're <laughs> going to say at this point. I mean, listen, listen I, I got the same when I wrote an article very simply pointing out what was going to happen with Liverpool FC back in September. I said they weren't going to win the league. I was accused of being, worst of all things, a Manchester United fan. You know, I was like thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a jealous Manchester United fan. I was like, what? I mean, but, the, you know, again, for, for me, I mean, it, it was water for ducks back. But did you have any dark times with that? Because you're seeing people who, as you said, a team, a family, and people don't associate that, Cara, with athletics. They think it's just you get out there and run. Like, it's like cycling, you get up on your bike and you ride. But in those kind of individualistic sports, you do have a team around you. So was it, like, did you have dark times then? I mean, you said about tears coming out of that because you've lost your family, lost your friends, lost that kind of, like, comfort zone. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are family. Like, you travel with these people, you go to training camps, you live with them, right? You're cooking meals together, you're together all day long, every day, and you get to know each other really, really well, and you have you form great friendships and great relationships. And so it was not so easy as to just say, wow, what I'm seeing is making me uncomfortable, I'm going to leave. You know, it felt like a betrayal. It felt like I was letting down people that I really, really cared about. And it, it was, I mean, obviously now I'm so many years removed, but it's still hard for me. Like, I feel bad about the way things happened, and um, I feel sad. You know, mostly I just feel sad when I look back at myself 10 years ago, what I believed was real, what I, who I believed cared about me, the people that I thought would be in my life forever, you know, they weren't who I thought they were. And mostly I feel sad of what I used to think and what I used to believe. But it has been really difficult. And, you know, there's been lots of loss and not much gain, except for just that I know I'm doing the right thing. And that's the ultimate gain. I mean, we hear the excuse all the time, Cara, and uh, you've been very, very hard on this. And We've discussed it here in the show over and over. I know you've listened to our shows as well. Uh, and even still, having listened to some of our shows, you're still going to, you still came on to us. Uh, or sorry, come on to us. That's, that's, that's a completely different thing. Sorry. Sorry, Adam. Okay. Um, what I meant was come on with us. <laughs> sorry. Um, and also you'll join us in the quiz after this segment as well. Um, we, we've discussed it as well. Uh, because again, relating back to that Liverpool FC, the fans are kind of going, well, everyone's at it. So we have to do it. 
Do you not think that that's kind of a given, say, for example, in athletics, that, you know, you might turn your nose up at it, but you have to do something different, um, illegal or push the boundaries to try and, you know, break those world records and get to the top of the sport? I mean, that's what they want you to think. I mean, yeah, maybe world records. You know, I don't really know. World records are falling left and right in our sport right now because of the new technology we're seeing in footwear. So I don't I don't know. But I mean, yeah, if you look at the record books historically, you know, they're they're set during a lot of the records were set during times where there was no drug testing. And, and sure, there's a lot of really suspicious activity that goes on in track and field. It's certainly not like a clean sport, I wouldn't say. But I just feel like that's such a weak statement to say you have to do it. I mean, what's the point then? Like track and field is supposed to be about pushing your body to its limits, finding who could push themselves the furthest that day. And if we're just going to have it be this big enhanced game and we're saying you have to do that, like, what's the point? What are we watching? I mean, I just like being an elite track and field athlete. It's not like some right you were born with. You agree to a set of rules. You agree that you're going to do it clean. And the people who don't, like, they, sh- they don't have the right to be in there. They have to go. They're ruining the sport. And it's just, I never bought into that you have to do it thing. And, um, yeah, I do think at the top there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of dirty athletes. But I still think when you're doing it right, you're going to get more out of it. And, and every once in a while, a window of opportunity opens. Like, I was able to nab a silver in 2007. Do I think that I was born to be the second fastest 10,000 meter runner in the world? No, but like there an opportunity open and I was able to nab it on that day. So that's what clean athletes, I think, live for is opportunities like that. Listen, that's good to say. It's good to hear that you're saying, you know, that you were clean, that you didn't dope. And I mean, it, and you, you say that there is hope to come in and have that chance. Like on your best day, you can match up with anybody else in the world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like someone who's just as talented as me, but but doping, you know, I have to have them have a bad day or have them make a bad strategic error. But there are opportunities. I mean, I've seen it happen. I've seen people win global championships and, you know, someone messes up or they're worried that there's drug testing, whatever it is, and an opportunity opens up. And I, I just feel like it's so weak to say you have to dope. And, you know, think about it. Like, if that's true, then what's the point? What are we telling our kids? What are we saying to the next generation? You know, the sport is supposed to inspire. Sport's supposed to be like pushing the human boundaries. And it's supposed to be inspirational. It's not supposed to be fake. It's not. I don't want my kid to look up to some athlete that has done something that is not humanly possible. I want my son to look up to someone and say, Maybe if I worked really hard, I could achieve that. And that's what it should be about. Again, Cara, I, you really... Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Isolde, go ahead. In there, really, because you raised something um, just a minute ago that actually struck, with, struck me um, about records falling. So in the last week in Ireland, we have had five records essentially smashed um, in terms of indoor competitors. Part of the reason is obviously less competitions and meets to be ranked against to an extent. But there's also been a big discussion about technology and where that is taking the sport, Um, looking at records going and what that actually means in terms of analysing previous records. So let's say it's good to see certain records that may be questionable now falling. But what are your feelings on the advancements in technology and running? And is that going to, to an extent, I suppose, the likes of Usain Bolt's record how long will that stand and what position does that give to world record holders into the future and in the past 
Yeah, we're in a tricky time right now. You know, World Athletics has approved this tech- has approved the new technology, and it certainly is changing the sport. Yeah, I know you had like um, six women break the record in Ireland around incredible 800 meter times, and there's just been a free fall of national records, and we've seen quite a few world records as well. And I mean, I predict that that we'll see that all year and even into next year as people get their hands on the technology. Back in 2019, only a handful of athletes had this technology. Heading into this year, more athletes have it. You know, I, I'm i like an old cranky curmudgeon. I miss the past. I like being able to compare athletes to athletes. I like being able to see the progression. You know, this hit the road racing scene first, and I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it's it seems like it's here to stay. Now it's hitting the track world, and I feel like now more people are paying attention. Um, if we're going to move forward with technology, that's fine. But I have a couple issues with it. One is we got to stop comparing the times to the past because we're we're sort of um, undermining what athletes in the past have done. When when you know multiple people can pass a record in one opportunity, that's just not how you know records fall once or twice a year. That's why they're special. So I think we need to acknowledge that the part that the technology is is playing in that. And that doesn't mean that the athletes don't deserve accolades and don't deserve our respect, but let's just not necessarily, you know, wiping away these top 10 lists so quickly. It's, it's tough on the history of our sport. And then the other thing that I have, I'm worried about is the fairness of it. Does everyone have the, the opportunity to use this technology? Because if, you know, they're saying it's about four or five seconds in a 1500 or between three and five seconds. Think about at the Olympic final, if you're lining up and you have a three-second disadvantage, forget it. You're not winning a medal. But what if you're you just as good as everyone else? Okay. Aesil, um, we'll have to go through the break now, just right now. Um, one final question to Cara. Cara, um, a quick one. You're involved in one major project right now. Can you tell us a little bit about it before we go through the break? Um, Clean Sport Collective? Yep. Okay, yes, yes. So uh, I'm a part of the Clean Sport Collective, which is... Um, an organization trying to spread the stories of clean athletes. So we interview athletes that are willing to sign a pledge, which says they'll compete clean, and if they and if they get caught, that they will pay us twenty five thousand dollars. So we interview athletes that are willing to take this pledge and put their money and their word on the line, and we just like to interview athletes from all different sports and highlight the stories of clean athletes. Okay, Cara Getcher, thank you so, so much for being with us. I know you're going to stay with us for the quiz, so uh, you're going to stay in line there with Isol Cody. Um, breaking news out of America right now that Tiger Woods was involved in a car accident, um, quite a bad one. It was a rollover one, and he had to be extricated from the car with, using the jaws of life. He's in hospital with injuries. We'll give you an update in the next segment. Um, and that segment was, of course, in association, with, in association with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports consultancy. We're going out to the break and back with a big fat filthy quiz with Kanye West and Stronger. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us honor, better, faster, stronger. Nah, 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 that don't kill me. Can only make us stronger. I need you to hurry up, man. Cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now. Cause I can't get much stronger. Man, I've been waiting all night, man. That's how long I've been on ya I need you right now I need you right now Let's get lost tonight You could be 
my black cape moss tonight Play secretary on the boss tonight And you don't give a fuck what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior Damn, they don't make them like this anymore I ask, cause I'm not sure Do anybody make real shit anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness Cause right now, that has forsaken us You should be honored by my lateness That I would even show up to this fake shit To go ahead, go nuts, go eight shit Especially in my pastel on my plate shit Act like you can't tell who made this new gospel Homie, take six and take this, haters That, 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 that don't kill me Can only make me stronger I need you to hurry up now Cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much stronger That's how long I've been on ya I don't know if you get a man or not If you made plans or not Put me in your plans or not I'm tripping this drink Got me saying a lot But I know that God Put you in front of me So how the hell Could you front on me It's a thousand years It's only one of me I'm tripping I'm caught up in the moment Right Cause it's Louis Vuitton Dine night So we gon' do everything The kind like Heard they do anything For a Klondike Well I'll do anything For a Blondike And she'll do anything For the limelight And we'll do anything When the time's right Uh Baby you're making it Like I never told ya Don't act like I told ya uh. Don't act like I told ya Don't act like I told ya Don't act like I told ya uh. Baby, you're making it Faster, stronger That, 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 that don't kill me Can only make me stronger I need you to hurry up now Cause I can't wait much longer Okay, folks, we are back. I'm Alan Moore here on this holiday Tuesday in Moscow. Of course, it is Defenders Day, uh, also known as Men's Day. So greetings to all men out there. And uh, I hope everyone was spoiled and treated very, very well by their 
well, by their other houses or by their families or whoever it may be. Um, before we went to that break, of course, we mentioned the crash uh, just a little bit earlier on today at 7 a.m. LA time, um, or California time, where Tiger Woods involved in a rollover collision. He was uh, driving on his own and um, the car, well, he seemed to have gone off the road and turned it over yesterday. Of course, he was talking about that he didn't know if he was going to play in this year's Open tournament um, as he is recovering from back surgery. So, uh, okay, 45 years of age, we're hoping uh, Tiger recovers from that and all is okay. Of course, uh, when we had the, the breaking news came straight through, we were the first uh, radio station to announce about the horrible situation with Kobe Bryant and the helicopter crash so we hope that all is well with Eldrick um, okay so we're going to uh, bring back our well Isolt and Cara and be joined by Peter P and Andrew Flint for the Big Fat Filthy Quiz but before we do I have a simple question because this is going to go out to the masses this week before our return on Sunday of course we're back on Sunday night from 9 to 11 the usual time um, Andrew Flint a quick one to you who is your greatest of all time sports coach Sir Alex Ferguson, hands down. All right, all right, Alex Ferguson. All right, that is okay. Um, Isolt Cody, who is your greatest of all time sports coach? A man who doesn't need superstars but manages to save them, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> Allardyce, big Sam, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, Peter P, who is your greatest of all time sports coach? Apart from me, of course. Hey. Oh yeah, yeah. Apart from you, a, a man, a man who treats the uh, players with utmost respect, uh, Anatoly Tarasov. Oh, I like that hockey legend. I love that. Well done, Pete. Um, I'll ask you the same question, uh, Cara. Who was the? Who is the greatest sports coach of all time? Your opinion. Remember, I'm I'm American, so I'm going with Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, the basketball. Pete, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm all I'm all good with that. I'm all good with it. Okay, that is fair enough. I, I I definitely think that Alex B would. Well, no, Alex B would probably say some weird selection would be number one. But right, well, well, like, I, I thought I thought you're gonna judge me on my selection because like he, although he's great, he's known to be like a menace. Like, have you, have you not seen the movie about him? Like, not about him, but like about like the whole like. Soviet team <laughs> I know I watched it no no listen he, he brought he brought ice hockey to the ma- masses and he started and developed the careers and kind of I don't know he, he, he was he was for me he was one of the best coaches um, Andrew Flip before we go into the quiz quick question for you uh, what is wrong with uh, this is from Anna what is wrong with the Barcelona team why are they in decline I think a lot of it has to do with off field activities and their Mess of presidential elections and broken promises. And I'll be honest, Lionel Messi is central to most of the problems, I think. He is bigger than the club almost, and that's saying something. Um, we need to sort out his future first and foremost, and then decide off field matters. It'll take a long time. Okay, that is fair enough. All right. So, folks, we're going to start with the quiz uh, because, well, I guess we, we have to. Um, and I'm going to keep it relatively interesting tonight because uh, I won't make it too difficult, okay? So, um, and I promise I won't. It'll it'll be relatively easy because we have a newbie with Carol. But then again, everyone who comes on to the show as a guest and, like, takes part to the quiz seems to win, okay? Does seem to win. So, Cara, if you don't win, you're letting the side down. (laughs) Great, great. (laughs) Okay, no pressure, of course, no pressure. (laughs) 
Okay, right. Just looking at the pictures just now. That's only breaking now on CNN and Sky News here in the studio. It's showing the uh, car crash and the um, the car overturned by uh, where in which Tiger Woods was. So, okay, we're going to go on with the quiz right now. So, first one. These are. MLS teams, so Major League Soccer teams from the US of A. Uh, starting off will be Eastold Cody. Eastold, you have to tell me the name of the team. The first one is Philadelphia. Uh, I'm just going to go with... Uh, oh, I do know this one. Philadelphia Union. Yeah, I, go, I thought you were going to say cheese cream, but you're right. Yeah, it is Philadelphia Union. All I, right. I, <laughs> Okay, you broke up. I didn't hear what you said, but I'm sure it was good. Okay. Uh, Andrew Flint, Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota United, isn't it? Very good. Two points to you. Right, Peter P. New England. New, listen, you need to get this right. This is your team. So, New oh. England. Wait, is, is, we're talking, is, is this soccer? Or what is yes, it's yeah. soccer. MLS soccer. Major League Soccer. Wait, hold on. All right, all right. New England. Uh, damn. Think of Ooh. Russian. Think of Russian. How is this supposed to help? Don't like, give right? me. <laughs> I'm trying to help them. I want to help them. <laughs> Patriots. Patriots. No, new, oh, Jesus. No, no. Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> Peter. Peter. Oh, oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Oh, I get it now. Huh? Peter. Either. Okay, yeah. Cara, uh, as the dogs go mental there in Dublin uh, with Eastolt. Uh Cara, your team, Colorado. This is this. Rapids. Oh, well done, <laughs> well done. That was actually by chance <laughs> because that was meant to be Derek. We couldn't get Derek on the phone this evening. So, right, we're moving on to the missing word. Okay, uh, we can have fun with this. So again, this is five. Well, I'm going to give you five for the right answer. Uh, and 10 for a good answer. Okay, so first one for you, Isolt. When I tell my opinion, everyone in England goes, what? Says Mina Raiola. Everyone in England goes, what? Everyone in England goes... Goes... Goes crazy. Yeah, I'm going to get... I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you four points. I'm going to give four points for that. It's berserk. Berserk. Okay, berserk. Well, I'll give you four points out of fairness. All right, Andrew Flint. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's unethical for players to what, says Guardiola? Unethical for players to what, says Pep Guardiola, the Man City coach, of course. Oh, um, It's unethical for for players to um, question his decisions. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you four for that because it is a bit funny, but not mega funny. It's unethical for players to leak team news to those playing fantasy football. Like, I mean, he, he turned around and said that it's okay for players to break COVID rules because, you know, they're good guys and they need a bit of time off. Oh, and yeah. then he says it's bad to... Oh, my Christ, Pep. Right. Somebody uh, is coming fast. Uh, I'm telling you. Um, all right. This is now... This should have been for Eastold. This is for Peter P. Uh, this is Jose Mourinho said this yesterday. I'll be remembered for what? Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho said... I'll be remembered for what? I'll be remembered... Uh, damn. 
<laughs> the on. only thing like I know about the guys is the bus, like the bus technique. Is is he the guy? Yeah. Who, who just if we just puts everybody yeah for the bus, I guess. Like that's <laughs> that's how I know him. I'm going to give you seven points for that one because that is very fun. It's actually for good reasons, but for the bus, I think is better. Okay, uh, here we go. Okara again. This was Derek's one. So um, <laughs> this is about uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So fruit, veg, and what are why Ibra gets better with age? I have no idea. Wine, beer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why does beer get better with age? Wine does sometimes, but uh, I'm going to give you six for that one, Carol, because that that's quite a good one. Um, no, it's Taekwondo. Taekwondo. There you go. That's 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 an interesting one. Okay, uh, the next one is an either or answer because we're running out of time very very badly. So uh, starting off with Esol, this is Russian Cup Finals. Okay, Russian Cup Finals. Of course, we had the Russian Cup back on this past weekend, and first one is this: Who have appeared? In more cup finals, is it Lokomotiv Moscow or Siska Moscow? I am going to go with Lokomotiv. Ah, you should have gone with Siska. Ah! <laughs> I'm sorry. The pain in that. The pain in that sound. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes, this guy have appeared in 11 and Lokomotiv in 9. Lokomotiv, of course, have won 8 of those 9. Right. Uh, to Andrew Flint. Three teams. Three teams have been in one final, okay, and won it. Or sorry, yeah, I've lost it, sorry. Tosno, Ahmed Grozny, and is it Rotter Volgograd, or sorry, won it. Uh, Rotter Volgograd or Torpedo Moscow? Uh, so three teams have been I only one final and won it, so 100% record. 100% record. Um, right, okay, that's going to... I'm going to say torpedo, but I've got a funny feeling you put that in to throw me off. So no, I'll say you're torpedo. All right. You're all right. You got that right. You're now out of the lead on 11 points. Well done. Well done. Uh, okay, Peter P. Um, who, who, or whom even, did Torpedo beat in the first Russian Cup final? Was it Siska, your team, or Spartak, not your team? Uh, of course, uh, I'll have to go with Spartak. Oh, God. No, you shouldn't go with this guy. If he's this guy. I, I don't believe it. You see, I, I don't believe that. There you go. The, there you go. TP to Moscow. Their only win was against this guy in the very first Russian Cup final. Okay, and Kara, finally for you. This is what's going to make... Uh, well, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, which team have played in the most finals but not won? Is it Amkar Perm or Ural Yekaterinburg? I, I don't know. The first one. The first one. You should have said the second one. It's Oral Yekaterina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting very... And with that one, with that pain in his voice... Andrew Flint is tonight's winner, so <laughs> you have stopped the rot. You have won yeah. it for the team, finally. In second place, Cara Goucher on eight points. Peter P finished in a bronze medal position on seven. And Esult gets the well done, but not quite good enough award, coming in six... Uh, with six points in fourth place. Folks, thank you very, very much for your time this evening. I hope you enjoyed it, Cara. Yes. Oh. Yes. Thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs> okay. Do nothing. All right. Thank you very much, Isolt. Have a lovely evening, all. Okay. Thank you, Peter P. Yeah, happy holidays, everybody. Okay. And Andrew, it's already uh, Wednesday with you, but still a happy holiday to you too. Thank you very much. And you too, sir.
Okay, folks, we are going away. Uh, no more uh, other news about Tiger Woods, so fingers crossed all is well with him. We're going to go away. We're back, of course, on Sunday because we'll be putting up on our social media just who you think is the greatest of all time sports coach. We're going to go out into Tuesday night. We're going to start off the rest of the working week. Remember, it's a short working week. Three days to work. Three days to work. We're going to go out with Imagine Dragons and his time. I've been Malin Moore. I'm Capital Sports and Moscow's Capital FM. Talk to you all on Sunday. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.